breaking news. We interrupt this final episode of Yeah Yes, an audio serial to let you know that if you can't get enough, you can start all over again with Yeah Yes, an audio book. This is available now on Amazon, Audible, Google Play, iTunes, and many more. And now, reader, we return to our regular programming for the concluding adventure of Banjo Mitchell. Chapter 40, Thursday, 16th of November, 2017. See you later. The two lesbians leave, and I shut the door behind them. Erin's smile drops, and they walk over to the lounge and flop onto it. Another coffee. A thumbs up comes from the couch, and I go behind the machine and make an almond flat white. I use both shots. How they've made it through to 3pm is beyond me. They came directly from a party to open the cafe at 6am. I place the cup and saucer in front of them. Banjo, you're a godsend. Now go home and sleep. You sleep too, alright? And if you need tomorrow off, just let me know. I'm free all day. I lean in and give them a hug before grabbing my tote. By the time I cross to the door, they're asleep. I grab a blanket and throw it over them and switch off the light, locking the door behind me. They've earned a nice, long sleep. Thank goodness that I'm sober, because everyone was so hungover today. Aunt and Carol both got sent home early because they were almost useless with the post-drink shakes. Eugene, Owen, Finn, Stella, Essie, me and a couple of the others went out for dinner, but it was an early night. Finn invited me to go to the club with him, but he was home within the hour. He said it was a bit too tempting. We ate the rest of the ice cream and watched more Kath and Kim. Eugene was still really angry all through dinner, and Essie was talking about how we need to keep the energy going and start to advocate to make it easier for trans people to change their gender on official documents. I'm learning that equality is not a sprint, it's a marathon. The sad reality is that we'll always have more work to do. My phone buzzes. Hey girl, accidentally ate all the biscuits you bought for today's meeting. Can you grab more on the way home? Love heart. F. That fucking guy. How the hell can he eat like he does and still have perfect teeth? He makes no sense. Sorry, no can do. I have an appointment. I send him the text as I walk up to the train station and top up my Opal card. I'm putting this off because I'm nervous. My stomach turns at the thought of what's about to happen, but I collect myself and march on, up the road towards my destination. I take a breath and try to calm the butterflies, but I'm doing it. Today is the day. I push the door open and walk across the checkerboard floors to a guy with pigtails and a pastel pink top. He looks up from his phone. Hey there, can I help? I smile at him. Hi, I'd like to get my ear pierced, please. The end. Epilogue. Consequences unforeseen. If Banjo had been successful in his suicide attempt on Friday, 18th of August 2017, the following events would not have occurred in the way that they did, or at all. Life is a precious and really odd thing. 
tiny actions radiate, and before you know it, you've had consequences on people's lives that we'd never even considered. It really is worth sticking around for. Saturday, 2nd of September, 2017. As Celia and Terence looked for a park to go and get Banjo from the cafe, they passed Simon Black kneeling on the road outside his house. Simon had gone into his garage and pulled out an old pot of paint and a brush to mark out the width of his driveway. Anger fueled his aggressive capital letters as he delivered his message, No parking. He vowed he would never be late for work because someone had parked over his driveway again. So far, no one has. Sunday, 17th of November, 2017. Lionel was so hungover, he thought he may die. The night before, he spent the money that was supposed to last him until Thursday buying rounds for everyone at Stonewall. He was hanging for a drink, but out of cash and out of luck. He watched the frazzled guy come in. He was cute, but his neck had spots of blood like he'd just had a really bad shave. It's always a shock when a gay orders a neat bourbon, which made Lionel like him even more. Lionel took him in as he sat on the couch and looked at the glass. The guy looked like he was going through it. He sat there for a while, just looking at the drink before standing and leaving it untouched. Lionel pounced on it like a shot, slurping it down. It was just the extra pep he needed to get through his shift. Wednesday, 20th of September, 2017. Juana left. Stella had her car keys in her hand. Eugene shook his head. No. I'm waiting to see if the new kid you gave the envelope to comes back. Stella felt sorry for Eugene. He won't. He may be back next week, but he's dashed on this one. Eugene nodded. Even so, I'll wait here just in case. Suit yourself, but don't stay any longer than half an hour. She gave Eugene a hug, then headed to her car with the rolled up prayer poster and the other meeting essentials. Eugene cleared out of the room, watching the next group file in for a meditation course. He sat and waited in the foyer for Banjo to return. He waited an hour before heading home. Saturday, 21st of October, 2017. Mark ate his pasta on the couch, carb loading in preparation for the night ahead as he watched the news flash by. There was a story about a marriage equality march that he had meant to attend, but forgotten as he was too hungover. He saw a really hot guy with yes balloons tied to him make out with another hot guy. In the background, was it? It was. Joe was there, with a sign that Mark couldn't read. He looked good, like he'd lost weight in his face. The clip ended, but Mark seeing his ex made him lose his appetite. He tried not to think about it, but he didn't think he'd been entirely fair in breaking up with Joe. Monday, 30th of October, 2017. Ruby? She looked up from the magazine in her lap that she had been staring at, but the ability to read had left her. All she could do was grieve. Hello, I'm Kelly. Would you like to follow me this way? She placed the magazine on the table and followed Kelly down the corridor to the small office. Let's get the logistics out of the way. Do you have your paperwork? Ruby handed it to her. My GP, Dr. Morrison, 
said that you come highly recommended by one of his other patients. Kelly took the papers. That's lovely to hear. Ruby prayed that Kelly would be able to help her, and with a lot of time and effort, her prayers were answered. Wednesday, 15th of November, 2017. After watching the yes announcement on the television, Celia Mitchell was compelled to go down to the back shed and take out an old box that she'd not looked at for decades, not since she and her husband had moved up the coast from Sydney. It contained all of her nursing memorabilia. She looked at the old, yellowing Polaroids of her and her best friend, partying at Nurses College, starting their new jobs together at the hospital, camping in Austin Mere. Celia pulled out the old, crumbling tag that she had cut off his wrist after she had stood by his bedside. The chill and quiet of the AIDS ward still rang in her ears when she thought of him. She could still remember how his chest heaved one last time as she watched him take his last breath. She read the name on the tag. Daryl Paul Squires. She opened up that little box of grief that she had so long ago closed. She cried for Daryl and for all the others whom she had watched fall away from diseases that otherwise would not have harmed them. She cried for the weddings that she would never get to attend and for the fear that it had placed in her heart that her son would meet the same fate. She cried because she hoped that Banjo would have a long and fulfilled life and because now he too could get married when the time was right. The relief and the terror were huge. Acknowledgements. This book started as a sentence that popped into my head when I was waiting for a train to throw myself under. That sentence, which no longer appears in the book, was the start of a massive journey of discovery and relief. I couldn't have taken that journey on my own, so thank you to everyone who has joined and encouraged me along the way. I know I've said it already, but there is so much to live for. Please, please stick around. To my family, Peter, Angela, Anne, Hazel, Vicky, Joel, Delilah and Finn. Thanks for your reading of my manuscripts, your ideas and for constantly helping me move and letting me crash at your place as the last few crazy years have rolled along. To Linda, Kerry and Alexi, three of the best therapists a person could encounter. I hope a small amount of what you taught me has entered this book. To Cassie Hamilton, the best collaborator, first reader, and idea giver ever. You helped turn this, and me, from G to LGBTQIA+. To Shannon Miller, Hugh O'Keefe, Claire Bundy, Diana Layoun, and Michael Lewis Kennedy, for your time and expertise in reading and rereading drafts of this and encouraging me to record it as a podcast. To Lisa Campbell and Spencer Bignall, the other two legs of the best duck a person could ask to work in. I'd like to propose a toast. To Tommy Murphy and Kate Mulvaney, whose work and kindness have taught me so much. To Eleanor Roccabarro, for your love, support and belief. To Alice Gilbert, my longtime comedy partner and the first of the former housemates. To all the other former housemates, including Elias, Eliza, 
Alex and Billy, who put up with my constant fetching about how difficult the writing process is. To Ruby, a single lady and a biology wizard. To Jessica Trace for her expertise in real estate matters. To Chloe Perrett, one of the best supports and go-getters a fellow writer can have. To Magda Zabansky, Alex Greenwich, Ian Thorpe, and all of the campaigners who fought so hard to make equality a reality and who continue to fight for trans rights in this difficult and trying time. To Maggie Dents and Dino Dimitriades, who keep me on my artistic toes and whose text messages are the stuff of legend. To the cast and crew members of all the shows I've been on these last three years and my whole family at the Hayes Theatre. To Nathan Barraclough, for constantly watching, listening, and reacting beautifully as I read this story to you, and for never getting cranky at me as I made another impossible demand of you in the edit. You are truly, truly one of a kind, and I love you. And lastly, to you, my dear listener, for coming on this long and winding journey with me. I couldn't have asked for a better companion. <laughs>